Good morning. You know, I could switch it up. I've become really predictable, haven't I? Good morning. Welcome home. Welcome home. Uh, any children that uh, want to go to children's church? There's Cresia. She's headed down to the youth room. Great things await you. That's the future of the church right there. Get a good look at it. God bless you guys. Love you. Don't hurt each other. Okay. A couple of things, couple of things. First of all, I, I just want to share with you how, um, how awesome it is. Thank you. If you would open those up, we're going to need, Steph, we're going to need the cross vent because if this is anything like the 9 o'clock, it's going to get hotter in here. Um, and I mean that in the best way. But I, I just want to share with you how much I love being here with you. Um, it means the world to me um, just to be here in God's presence um, praising him with you. Um, and I love you. I love him. Uh, I hope you feel the same. Uh, it's just such a blessing to me, so I want to thank you. Uh, a couple other people I want to thank God for. Um, Megan and Jordan were here early. They made some life-changing chocolate chip pancakes and waffles. Praise God for you. They're right to me. And our good friend Sabrina Bradshaw is doing uh, college lunch today. I thank God for you. Yeah, yeah. This is Life Nav Part 2. Life Navigation Part 2. Please open your Bibles to John chapter 10. If you have a Bible, you want to open it there. If you don't have a Bible and the person next to you has a Bible, take theirs. You're in church. What, are they not going to forgive you, right? And they can find one under the seat in front of you. Um, That's yours. If you don't have one, that's yours to keep. Quick recap of Life Nav part one. If you didn't catch it, it's on the podcast on the website, which we write on everything, so it's easy to find. Uh, Bethany.com, uh, GunnisonBethany.com, uh, or on iTunes. And so uh, here's a quick recap. We talked a lot about hearing the voice of God, and we used the image of a, a car auto navigation system that. Uh, you know, you can pay a couple of hundred dollars <clears throat> and get a contraption where a lady in a box rides in the car with you and tells you how to drive. We also talked about that if you're a married guy, that might be a little repeti- repetitive. Um, <clears throat> come on, I'm just, I'm just playing. Just playing. We talked about how wonderful it would be um, to have a continuously updated, always accurate navigation system for every choice, for every fork in the road, for every decision, for every relationship, for everything that, that we need to know to follow God and lead us into more life, more freedom, more joy in Jesus Christ. We talked about how wonderful that would be um, to take those paths. And that we also looked at the fact that maybe, maybe God is always talking to us. Maybe God is always talking to us, but we're just, we sort of, uh, because of our inheritance from our first parents and our, our choices since then, we've lost the ability to, to hear him. Now, um, yesterday I was playing with Cherie's iPhone and she has this program that's called Dog Whistle. Do you, any of you have that? It's great um, because you, you do it's, it's really cool. Um, there's a sound going out, and I'm told some, some like, really young people can, can hear it, like teenagers. But then when you get more mature and more buff, you lose the ability to hear the sound. So I can't hear it, but when we press the button, it drives our dog Keish up the wall, so that's fun. Um, so there's a sound that is there, but some of us have, have lost the ability to hear it. And, and it reminded me, too, of when we... Uh, lived in, uh, outside New Orleans. And uh, this was the summer after my freshman year in college. And I was living at home and, and working. Um, and we had this lady that came to our house a couple days a week named Elaine. And uh, she helped with, with laundry and, and ironing and some cleaning because um, we were all working full-time. My mom was working full-time. And we were taking care of my dad who was very sick. And, and so we needed that. And Elaine, um, well, behind her back, we called her Olga because she looked like a Russian weightlifter. And that's her ironing, big buff. 
And, oh, you know, some of you will give me that look. Oh, you did that like you never did. I wasn't very sanctified then, but that's what we did, right? So this particular morning, the only people in the house are me and my friend Jimmy. And Jimmy and I worked the same place, and we had this deal. I would feed him breakfast. He would give me a ride to work. So we're the only ones in the house with Olga, and she's ironing, and she has her back to us. And, and this woman um, had two gifts. One, at least two, was ironing, and the other one was she could talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah, some of you are thinking, I got a pastor like that. Hey, nobody likes a smart aleck. So this particular morning, she's sharing the story of like her first five years of life in real time. And we got to go to work, you know, and she can't see us. So I lean over and I whisper to Jimmy, hey, I bet if we left quietly, so we kind of ease our way out through the dining room and, and quietly out the door and in the car, and we're halfway to work, and I realized I left my wallet on the kitchen counter. So back we come, and, I, and we're back in the house now, and he's with me because I made him, and, and we're getting in there quietly, and I get my hand on my... She's still going. She had no idea. Now, that was a mean thing to do. I've already been forgiven of that. But my, my point is that me and Olga, kind of a picture of us and, and Jesus, you know, always, always speaking, always communicating. But maybe we went on with our lives. Maybe we've lost the ability, the desire, the desperate uh, piece of us that, that is desperate to hear from him desperate to hear from God. So that's why we're doing another week on, on LifeNav. Um, and we talked about, and I want to talk again, what would happen if we could only tune the frequency of our heart and our mind and our life to hear from him at every moment and, and listen and receive and act on what it is we hear our whole lives would be changed. Things would be incredibly awesome and, and very different than they are, even for those of us who have grown up in the church and been here for our whole lives. Things would take a, a huge, huge leap forward in life. And so, uh, John 10, we got to go. We got to go. We got, uh, we got some scripture here. And what we're going to do is we're going to read, we're going to pray, and then we're going to study. Okay, John uh, chapter 10, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. Let's read the passage. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus said, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your plan to have us hear from you, hear from you. Lord, we're desperate for that. Lord, I cry out for your Holy Spirit, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this place right now at this time, that your spirit would be so thick upon us, that your, our minds would be open, our eyes would be open, our ears would be open. Lord, we would see you for all your beauty, all your glory, all your holiness. And Lord, we would be changed. Lord, that we would hear from you. Nobody needs to hear from me. Lord, we need a word from you. And we need to know it's from you. And when we hear it, when we hear you calling us by name, then we would respond. Lord, because our lives now and eternally depend on it. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're leading. Lord, I confess my sins, and there are many. Lord, but you are enough. You are more than enough. And Lord, I praise you in advance 
And I praise you for what you've done, for what you're doing, what you're going to do this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen with me. Amen. That means we agree. We expect it's happening. Okay. We got some scripture here. Let's take a look at what the Lord is saying to us. This is Jesus speaking, right? John 10, 1. Truly, truly, hit the pause button. We're going to pause there for a second. Jesus does not stutter. Whenever he repeats himself, it's because it's very, very, very important. Okay? What's so very important? Let's take a look. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is the thief and a robber. Now, there's so much here. We could focus on the thief and the robber we have in the past. We will again in the future. But we're going to drill into um, the hearing of God's voice, okay? Because that's where we are. And there's so much here. Okay, Jesus is talking about sheep. Now, we've been there before. Who's Jesus talking about? Come on. It's us, right? Yeah, yeah. Cute, but stupid, okay? Stupider than my dog. God bless us all. Okay, sheep, really. They'll eat all the grass, and when they're done, they'll eat the dirt because they don't know the difference. Okay, sheep, sheep, that's us. He's also talking about a sheep fold. What is a sheep fold? I don't know, a folded sheep? Well, no, not quite. A sheepfold is very familiar to Jesus' original audience. Um, It was often uh, using the wall or the side of a great building or fence or stone wall, and then fenced, right, and in a big area. It was enclosed, and there was a door. Okay, so uh, a lot of different shepherds from all around could bring their flocks, could bring their sheep into this guarded, safe place, right, to, to spend the night. Okay, I want, you to, I want you to picture this. There's sheep from all over that belong to a lot of different uh, ranchers, if you would. Uh, a lot of different shepherds are in charge of them, and they're all coming in, and they're all mixing, and you can't tell whose are whose, right? And, and they're moving around because maybe there's some young single guy sheep and they, they see these cute lambs and they want to go over and get their number. I don't know, but they're all mixed in. And now it's time for them to go to sleep. So they lay down and there's only sleeping. There's only sleeping, you get me? Just sleep. That's what's happening. Somebody we know from the first verse is hopping over the wall because he wants somebody else's sheep. He's going to steal them, right? There's another voice in that sheepfold, right? But look who shows up. Verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, if you were here in our uh, service on the college, uh, we talked about Jesus is the door. Okay, so now he's entering by the door, which is him, and he's talking about the shepherd of the sheep. Who's Jesus talking about? Himself. Yes, you get an A. That's right. He's talking about himself, the shepherd of the sheep. Some of them belong to him. Some of them don't. You can't, they're all mixed in, right? They're, they're all mixed in. You, you can't tell, but some of them do. Verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice. He's calling out. I want you to picture this, okay? It's morning now. The shepherd has shown up and he's calling out and it says the sheep hear his voice. All the the sheep hear something. All the sheep hear something. But his sheep, his sheep hear something different. Hear something different. Get this. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Oh, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. He he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, what does it mean to be his own sheep? It means that there are sheep that are mixed in here that know to whom they belong. They are his. They might look 
A lot on the outside, like a lot of other sheep, but they belong to him. They understand that this is not just any shepherd. This is the shepherd who became uh, the perfect lamb, the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God. And he has come, and in a way, he has come in the form of the sheep, right? So that we could see and understand that God is real and reaching out to us. And if you want to understand that and all its power, you've got to be with us for this in-person series coming up. It's so, there's so much. And I won't, I won't start that message today, but please, it's so powerful. It'll change us all. Um, So they understand that God has come in this form of the great shepherd in the sheep. He is the lamb of God and he has come on a rescue mission because why? We're sheep. We're cute, but we're stupid, right? We've taken so many wrong turns. We are addicted uh, to sin and destruction and all of these things that are going to lead us, not where he wants us to lead us, but he has come, they understand, to absorb out of us to pull out of us and into himself all the ugly, dark things that we wish weren't true about us and all the things that he wishes weren't true about us. He has come to absorb all of that into himself and take that to the cross and put it to death once and for all to pay the penalty so that these sheep might become just like the Lamb of God if they would just come and say, we're broken, we're lost. He absorbs all of that and he kills it. And then he rises again so those, those sheep can have new life, both now and forever. That's the gospel. They get that. It says, he calls his own sheep by name. This is powerful. This is huge. Do you realize that the God who spoke the heavens and the earth and all the universe into being is in the same voice calling out to you by name? There's 7 billion people on the earth. And if you go out, we look like a blue ball and then a speck and then nothing. And the God of all of this is is zooming in and he's calling you by your name. He's calling you by name. It's very personal. It's infinitely personal. And he leads them out. What is he doing? He's calling them and he's leading them out to himself. He's taking them where they are and he's leading them where he's going. Okay? They hear it. I want you to picture this because his original audience would have understood this. It's a very, very, um, uh, you know, a, a culture filled with people who understand shepherds and sheep. I want you to picture it's morning and all the sheep are laying down and they're just kind of rousing and there's a shepherd, the great shepherd stands up and he begins, his voice goes out and he's calling them by name and they hear and their ears perk up from all over the place and they begin to rise one by one, almost miraculously. They rise because they know to whom they belong and they know his voice and they stand up And they're beginning to work their way through all the other sheep to come in line with him. And he's leading them out from where they are to where he's going. And this happens. People would understand that. The sheep of a good shepherd had their hearts, had their minds, had their ears tuned to the voice. And though they were mixed in, they would hear and stand and come and respond because they knew his voice, the scripture says. Knew his voice. So that's all happening here. He leads them out. Verse four, here we are. Calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own He goes before them. He's hitting the future before they get there. He's preparing the way to the place he's prepared. He's already been there. Wherever he's leading, that's where you want to go. That's where the green pasture is. That's where the still water is. More important than all of that, that's where the Savior is. That's where he's leading. That's where we want to go. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know it. They know it. Verse five, a stranger they will not follow, 
either the one that hopped over the fence or any other because there's a lot of voices. But they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Okay. Now in verse 14, before we move on, I, he kind of, he talks about, he's the door. You come to life. You come to forgiveness you, through him. In verse 14, it kind of sums this up. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. I know personally, deeply, intimately my own sheep. And my own sheep know me. Know me. We're not talking about an intellectual knowledge here. We're not talking about memorizing Bible verses here. We're not talking about attending a Bible study. We're not talking about attending church. We're not talking about knowing facts. We're talking about an intimate knowledge, a deep, intimate knowledge, deeper than we know anything else. I know my sheep like that. And my sheep know me like that. Don't miss this. If you miss this point, if you miss this truth, we can go astray. You you, you get this all wrong. It hinges on this. Hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of Jesus, hearing the voice of the Father, hinges on us knowing him intimately and loving him supremely. It doesn't matter what we do. If you are desperate to hear the voice of God, it only comes from knowing him intimately and loving him supremely above all. We lived in San Antonio um, a lot of years ago. Tommy was born there. He's 22 now. Um, But he was about four at the time. And he's in the car with my buddy Dave and me. And we're in the front and he's in the back. And um, he's just sweating back there because the air conditioner on my cruddy Honda Civic is, is breaking down and we're in San Antonio heat. But J- David, my friend, is a deep, um, solid Christian. And, and we're, we're talking about how do you know? How do we know the voice of God? Because there's other voices, as we said, right? There's a voice of the enemy. There's a voice of Satan. There's a voice of society, the voice of culture, the voice of other friends. There's the voice of our flesh, the things we want. And then there's the voice of God. And how do we, how do we weed all this out, right? So um, we've been in this discussion for a long time, and I'm realizing that I haven't been a very good dad because I'm not paying attention to my sweaty son in the back seat. And so I said, Tommy, what do you think? About what? I said, well, how do you know? Let's say you're in your bedroom. I'm the top bunk there, but I'm outside your bedroom. I'm not in the doorway. You can't see me. And if I'm talking to you, how do you know it's me? And he said, Dad, I know you. You talk to me all the time. I know what you sound like. I love you. And Dave and I just drove for a little while and didn't say anything. Because although he had not read John chapter 10, he nailed it. He nailed it. I know you. I know what you sound like. You talk to me all the time, Dad. I love you. Our hearing from God hinges on knowing him deeply and intimately and loving him supremely above all. Above all. So, uh, how do, we, um, how do we hear? It may be helpful to think about your love relationships. You know, if you've been married a long time or, or maybe you have a deep love relationship with a child or a, a long-time friend or, or you've been dating a long time and you get this kind of language right between you. You have inside jokes. You have, you have words and, and expressions that you can say or, or just gestures. So if you're a mom, your eyebrow 
can speak to your children volumes, right? And you can say something to bring immediate comfort or, or, you know, in a very serious situation, you could crack somebody up just by saying one thing because it, it speaks volumes because you know. In your love, you have this communication that transcends most other communications. And that's just a nibble of the banquet of conversation. That, that, that. So if we're going to switch, if we're going to switch this nav system on and have it humming and working all the time, knowing, intimately, loving, supremely. Okay, I promised you, um, I'm going to give you what you want and, and then I'm going to give you what you need. Um, and I'm not beyond this. Uh, I'm receiving it as I share it. How do we hear from God? How do we hear from God? Many would say, can I just follow my heart? No, you can't, Tony Robbins. You can't just follow. Please don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Don't just follow your heart. Look, look, let's be honest. If I were to follow my heart, This is what I would do. I'd quit my job. I'd live on the couch in sweats, eating Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey and watching UFC. Not that there's anything wrong with some of those things. But as a lifestyle, that's not good. Following your heart, I think you would agree, has gotten us into most of the train wrecks in our lives. Just following our heart. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, I'm sure it did. The Bible backs this up in Jeremiah 17, 9. The Lord says, the heart, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Other translations say wicked, okay? Down deep, that's who we are, stupid and wicked. That's the bad news. There's a lot of good news. It's coming. Who can understand it? Don't just follow your heart. Please, God, no. Please, God, no. Following our hearts is not what we're called to do. We're called to have a transformed heart. Jesus wants to come and transform our hearts in salvation and throughout our lives, gradually shaping and sanding and implanting himself in there. That's what we need is transformed hearts and to follow him as he does that. You want to see how messed up the heart is? Um, Just an example. I have people come to see me. God bless you. You know, I, I, I love talking with you. Um, I'm praying with you. But people come to see almost every day. Here's what I hear. Almost every day. I've been praying and, and everything. And God's not saying anything. God's not talking. See what the heart does? It always makes God the problem, right? That's what our hearts do. You might as well come to Tom. We got a big problem here. I think God's broken. Yeah, maybe he got laryngitis, lost his voice. We got to do something about that because he's not talking. He's <laughs> nobody, nobody has ever come to me and said, Tom, I know God is speaking, but I have lost my ability to hear him. Do you see the subtlety there? When there's a problem with the communication, we make it about God. We make it about God. That's our, that's our hearts. We need a heart that not only desires to hear from God, but that is desperate to hear from God. Desperate. I can't go on, Lord, unless I hear your voice. I can't go on unless I hear you call me. I can't go on unless you speak to me, unless you give me direction. I can't go on. You're my breath. You're my very life. You're my hope. If you've ever gone diving in a pool or in a lake and it's deeper than you thought and you swam down and then you're running out of air and you think you see the surface and you're clawing and clawing and you need that breath and you can't get... That's how much. Do you need to hear from God that much? Are you desperate? That's where he wants to lead our hearts. That's where he wants to lead our hearts. So how do we hear from God? He's given us so many things. Here's the things we want. We want a list. We want a list. Here's your list. He's given us his word. Now, before we go into the Bible, which is God's word, 
I want to say this. I want to say, don't wait to hear what the Bible makes clear. Don't wait to hear what the Bible makes clear. Oh, should I, should I go to church? Yes! Should I spend time with God? Yes! Should I spend time at home looking at porn? No! No wait to hear what the Bible makes clear. Should I really dive into this party scene with both feet, drink too much, and fool around with boys? No! Should I become a Raiders fan? No! <laughs> Just seeing if you're listening. Because all that God stuff, you were like, oh, I don't know. Raiders. Ah! <laughs> don't wait to hear what the Bible makes clear. Should I forgive this person? Absolutely. Should I extend grace? You bet. Should I reconcile? Yes. Yes. Point is this. If we're saying that God is not speaking to me, if we're desperate to hear what God has to say, won't we also be desperate to know what he's already said? I think we will. I think we will because if if you've spent any time in the Bible... You've had this experience before, and I don't recommend it as a way to study the scripture, but you've had this need, and you've had, many of you can relate to this, you've had this question, you've had this life circumstance, and you flip open your Bible, and right there, right there, the thing you read is perfect, is perfect for wherever, anybody? I'm not lying. I'm not like, see, look, I'm not alone. It happens I'm not telling you that, that, that this is the way to listen to God, but it happens. Um, many of you know, because I kind of confess my struggle, um, that, that tobacco and, and really was giving me a hard time, you know? Um, I used to smoke in, 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 in college, and it wasn't so much that, but I had started chewing. And um, I'm not coming down. If you're a chewer, this is not my point, okay? This was what God was speaking to my heart, okay? Because my prayer is that um, my mouth would be filled with his praise and his word so, so I can bless his people and, and advance his kingdom. And yet I was filling it not with life, but with something that was going to kill me, okay? And there was, there was a, a conflict in my heart uh, over that. That's what I was struggling with, like, you know? Again, I'm, and I, if I could define it, it felt like it owned me, okay? Because I was doing it all the time. In fact, many people wouldn't know because I'd found ways to do it that that nobody knows, right? But I feel like it owned me, right? Like I was its slave and I had no power to get free from that. So this particular morning um, for my fifth quiet time before 6 (laughs) a.m., I'm kidding. I'm going to go spend time in the Word. Um, But instead of going downstairs um, to the Bible that I usually use for study. For some reason, I went into our office, and there on the bookshelf is an old tattered Bible that belonged to a very godly, um, very spiritual woman, Cherie's grandmother. We call her Mama. And um, she gave it to Cherie because she could, her, she's now blind. Um, she could no longer read. So she's going to listen to the word on um, tape and CDs and things. And I said, Let's just see what Momo was studying as her last thing. So it had one of these silk ribbons in the middle, and I opened it, and there was a passage underlined right there. And it was Romans. It was Romans. And here's what it said. Romans 6.16, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. And I had been obeying the call of tobacco, of nicotine, and not of Christ. And I was a slave. And through that scripture, God was able to set me free. Set me free. And so he will do that. He will do that. Um, You were slaves to the one that you obey. I almost fell over. God gave me strength. The Bible is different. This book is so much more than a book. It is alive. 
It it knows us. We don't so much read it as it reads us. We don't so much read it as we listen to the voice of God. Martin Luther rightly said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. And God, in Hebrews 4.12, says the word of God is alive active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the vision of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Here's what it's saying. It does open heart surgery on us and it cuts away all that is not of him and it cuts to the heart of who we are and it drives us back to him for grace and mercy so that he could recreate and transform our hearts. It has the power to do that. It does it. It does it. So when people come to me and say, I'm not hearing from God, I, say, I ask them very often, How often have you been in the Word? Oh, not so much. Really? You thought that was a good idea? And I talk to a lot of people, and they read a lot. They read like all of Oprah's book club selections. Oprah put that sticker on it. You better read it. You know, and they're a lot. And then they not only read that, but they read the 96 books in the Left Behind series. You know? Talks a lot about the tribulation. I think reading that book series is part of the tribulation. I don't know. Um, just, just throwing that out there. They're good. You know, some of the theology gets a little sketchy. but So they got that and they read that. And then like all the Harry Potters, and they're like this, right? They've read all of those. And the Twilight Saga, they wouldn't miss it. You ever read the Bible cover to cover? Oh, goodness, no. That would take like 18 years, wouldn't it? No, no, but it just might change your eternity. God still speaks, and he speaks through his word. He speaks through his word. He speaks, he has given us his Holy Spirit, and we could do a million messages on this, and I just want to point out one verse, Isaiah 30, 21. Here's what it talks about. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is is the way. This is the nav. This is the life nav that Isaiah thousands of years ago is talking about. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right, when you turn to the left. That's the direction. It's, it's there. It's the Holy Spirit of God living inside you, calling the plays of your life. Who's calling the plays? They're all audibles. They're all, you know, it's written, but he's speaking. And the church has long been afraid of this, Right? We're in the word, we have the word, but if we follow the Holy Spirit, you know, we're gonna be in church and and we're gonna be in prayer meeting and somebody's just gonna break out. What is that? All the Holy Spirit told me to do it. No, it didn't. The Holy Spirit came to make you wise and powerful in the Lord, not weird and creepy. And people... People are afraid to listen to the voice of God and obey it. And yet we looked at last week, he said, in in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They're gonna speak through that they could not know except it be revealed to them. Your your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm gonna speak and my people will hear and listen. And we're afraid, but... But we need not be afraid because he's given us the word. And the spirit is never going to say anything contradictory to the word. Well, the spirit told me to leave my wife. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't marry the right woman. Well, the word says when you married her, she became the right woman. God's going to bless that. God says to us, you know, he, he, he gives us his word so that we can check. We can check the voices. Do they square up with the word and the commands and the leading of God? You know, we see it. I mean, look at the news. Guy goes in, committed Christian, holds a sign in a protest one day, shoots an abortion doctor the next day. Holy Spirit told him to do it. No. No. You're just a weird whack job. Don't play the God card on that. It doesn't square up with Scripture. But the Holy Spirit does speak, does speak, in gifts and fruits. Don't fear to hear. He gives us prayer. Prayer. We meet for prayer here Wednesday night. 
You're very welcome. Great things happen. Lives have changed. If you need prayer, come. If you don't need prayer, you're lying to yourself. Come anyway. If you know somebody who needs prayer, come. We see great things happen when we call upon the name of the Lord in prayer. And so many people tell me prayer seems like a one-way street, one-way conversation. If that's happening, maybe we need to shut up when we pray a little bit more. And listen, right? If it's good, because you have friends that all you do is get with them and they talk and 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 talk. You never get to speak because they never give you an opportunity. Maybe our prayer life is like that. Maybe it's all about, okay, God, listen, because your servant is speaking. Here is this, this, and this. Here is what I need. Here's what I want. And get to it. Amen. Okay, we wouldn't say that. We'd say, in Jesus' name, get to it. Amen. <laughs> right? Maybe we have the master and the servant mixed up, right? Because the scripture says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the question is, is the servant listening? Do we, are we desperate to hear that we quiet our voices and we, we stay expectant with all our senses bristling and wait to hear the voice of God? It's supposed to be a two-way conversation, not just when we kneel, but as we walk in the Spirit all through the day, we're not, you know, walking is, is, is like a, an image. You know, if it's too far, I drive. But walking in the Bible is, is about living and breathing and being and thinking and doing and, and loving and everything. Immersed in, the, you know, immersed in and drenched in the spirit. If we're doing that, it is a two-way conversation. We're talking, we're listening, we're receiving. We're, that's the idea. He's given us his word, his Holy Spirit, prayer. He's given us each other. Because God calls us into gospel community, calls us into relationship calls us to follow him as a people, as a flock. And we're resistant to that because we live in the mountains. We're rugged mountain people, right? The independent spirit of the old West. That's you and me. It's what draws here. Just you and me, Jesus. Maybe just you and me and my family. Uh Uh-uh. That's why we have life groups so that we can do life. We can do gospel together. Why? Because the deep truth is often God speaks to his people through his people. So we want to do life together. So we want to talk and listen and pray and do life together in life groups in different ways so that we might hear from God, from the people of God in whom his spirit dwells. Do you understand? The spirit gives us the ability to hear from the spirit and somebody else. Are you tracking with me? That happens and it happens all the time. So God's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us prayer. He's given us each other. What keeps us from hearing from God, continuing with our lists? Overcrowded life. Overcrowded life. Psalm 4610. You know this. You know this. Be still and know that I am God. We fill our lives up with appointments, with schedules, with school, with extracurriculars, with this, with that. A lot of music, a lot of television, a lot of games, a lot of meetings, a lot. And you got to send 723 texts a day. You do. That's like a burden. (laughs) All right. Quiet yourself. You can do this anywhere at any time. Be still and know that I am God and I am speaking. I am speaking. Overcrowded life, slow down and listen. As I was preparing, this one stood out because I knew both for me and, and for many of this, this is, uh, is going to hit home. First things first. What does that mean? What does that mean? We often most want to hear from God about the next thing. What's the next thing? What's number two? God is saying, you haven't responded in faith to the first thing I've called you to do. Lord, come on, where, where is my life going with school and career and stuff like that? I've called you to come back to me. What I'm calling you in number two depends on your faithfulness to number one. Repent and, and return to me. 
Lord, I'm, I'm troubled in my relationships. Where's this thing going? How do I respond? My friendship is breaking apart. My marriage is struggling. You, you haven't done the first thing that I've called you to do. You haven't gone and asked for forgiveness, either from me or from, and from that person that you've hurt. You haven't offered freedom and forgiveness to the person that I've been laying on your heart for days, weeks, years. You want to go over here. Going over here with me necessitates that you be faithful to what I've already revealed to you. We often want to know the next thing without being faithful to the thing he's already laid on our heart. And the Holy Spirit is always, always going to call us closer to Christ and in reconciliation with him and with each other. Always. Always. We want the next thing so that we can skip over this painful first thing. I said I was going to um, give you what you want and then, and then give you what you need. All of that is true. All of the word and the spirit and prayer and others and all of that, all of that is true. But this is not a do this, do this, do this, do this, and you'll hear from God. You know, if you're going home with your spouse, okay, here's the application for this, for this message. We're going to go home, and we have an hour every day, and we have to get in the Word. You just have to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, and then we're going to pray. And you, you get in your closet. No, I'm getting in that closet. You go downstairs in the bathroom, and you're going to pray. And we're going to pray until our knees hurt. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and we're joining a life group. By golly, they've been harping on us for years to do this. We're finally going to do it. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's weird. But okay, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to hear the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read up on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do all this. And then we're going to hear from God. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And you get this. That's moralism. That's moralism. That's not the gospel. And the crisis is that many, if not most of the body of Christ doesn't know the difference. The gospel is this. In light of the reality of who Jesus is, in light of how he has loved us, continues to love us, and always will love us, evidenced by his work on the cross in our place as our substitute for our sins. We are invited in repentance and brokenness to know him deeply and intimately and love him supremely. And in that, it's not a list of things we do, but if we know him deeply, we're going to know, we're going to want to know everything about him. We're going to seek times when we could steal away and, and feed on the word as if it was our very food, as if it was our very breath. And we're going to, we're going to find it in his voice. We're going to want to pray and be in constant communication of this one whose love transcends all other loves in my life. We're going to want to be with his people and listen and pour life into them and receive life from them through the Holy Spirit. We're going to want to Tap into the reality of walking in the Holy Spirit, being filled, being in that continual conversation that can transform our lives, this town, this college, the whole world. We're going to want to, coming out of a deep, deep knowledge, intimacy with him and a love that surpasses all other loves, our supreme love. That's the gospel. It's not do this, do this, do this, do this, and you get this. If you do that, if you do that, you'll end up an angry, joyless, old, bitter person who knows a lot of scripture. That's the difference between the Pharisees and the saints. There's not a list of things to do. There's a relationship, there's a God to know, and there's a love 
to be returned that transcends all other loves. From that springs all the others. And it may look the same on the outside, but on the inside, it's the difference between life and death. Behavioral modification or heart transformation. Religion, the gospel. External faithfulness or God as our shepherd. We who know him and know his voice. I know you. You speak to me all the time. I know what your voice sounds like. I love you, Dad. I know my sheep. My sheep know me, and they know my voice. Verse 3, if we could pull that up again, Ryan. sheep hear his voice he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out I want you to go back in your mind to the sheepfold all these sheep belonging to all these shepherds and they're all mixed in but the good shepherd comes and he stands at the door and he calls you by name and one by one Sheep from around the pen began to stand. Because this is not just any voice. This is the voice of their Lord. Calling them from where they are to where he's going. Calling him to himself as he leads them into life. Can you hear it? A lot of times we can't. This is the time to stop trying harder and come. Just come to the shepherd. Come to Jesus who says, I want to unfold in you a knowledge of me that is deep and intimate. I want to kindle in you a love for me that transcends everything else. In that, You will hear my voice. And if you're desperate to hear his voice and you've heard that, you say, if you're honest with yourself, I I don't have that knowledge of you and I don't have that love for you, but I want that. If that's what your heart is saying, then you're exactly where he wants you. At a point of neediness that no external effort could ever, ever satisfy. And we come broken and deaf And say, Lord, change my heart that I might know you deeply. Love you deeply. Hear you and follow. No matter how far you've come with the Lord, there's much farther to go. The good news is he's calling you to take that step until we can all hear his voice as our life navigation. More and more every day until we're in his presence and all we can do is hear him and praise his name for all eternity. Let's pray. 